and the finale of Batman. The last batch of movies. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies um, in this list, including the only Batman movie in this entire marathon. I gave a zero out of ten to. I could not watch it. It is unwatchable swill. Um, but the final movie in this entire thing made me cry. So there's that. There's there's you got your upses and you got your downses. And um, as I as I mentioned, this is the last one of this Batman marathon. Um, and next week, I actually think I'm going to have a. Uh, not a regular episode of the Going Up cast because there's a, a couple of things that I want to talk about, um, and then after that, who knows? It's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a mystery what comes down next after that. If it's gonna be regular episodes for a minute, if it's gonna be another marathon of something, if I take a break, I'm not entirely sure um, what what's coming down the pipeline. But for the sake of today, we're just gonna talk about Batman. So, hey, you know what? That's all that matters. So, I hope you enjoy this hour and 15 plus minute episode of me talking about Batman. Um, we got a new audiobook starting this week. We're going to start book two of His Dark Materials, The Subtle Knife. I'm pretty sure that starts tomorrow. Um, pretty, pretty confident it starts tomorrow. I have to, like, look at the fucking thing. Let's just, it starts, it starts this week at the very least, but I'm pretty sure it starts tomorrow. Um, so, get excited for that. I hope you're all doing well. It's fucking blistering hot outside, and I have already gotten sunburnt for summer because I forgot to wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen, kids. It's important. Let's get into some Batman. Batman! Bad blood. It's the worst blood for the Batman. Um, is the third movie in the Damian Wayne uh, little little series they got going on here takes place six months after um, Batman versus Robin, and uh, this time around we got Batwoman uh, who we haven't seen in one of these movies since the mysteries of Batwoman from like 2003, so it's been a minute. Uh, but in this one it is uh Cassandra Kane, um, and like the more recent understanding of that character, which I think is really cool. Uh, and they go up against this guy called the Heretic. Heretic, rather. Um, who has, like, this cool faux Batman mask. Um, and is beautifully portrayed by, say it with me, Travis Willingham. Hell yeah. So I thought that was really neat. And he shows up and seems to kill the Batman. Batman seems to die. And Damien's off in the Himalayas and he sees that Batman's missing, so he comes back. Um, and then, uh, we find out that uh, Dick Grayson is running around as as Batman, um, and Batwoman and Robin stop him and go, "You're not Batman." And he's like, "I know." They try to figure out what's going on. Smash cut to uh, Lucius Fox talking to his kid, uh, whose name is Luke Fox, which is a great name. Um, and the heretic shows up to steal some shit from Wayne Tech. Uh, Lucius is injured as a result of that. Uh, the electrocutioner, who's like a like a s ally of the heretic, almost kills Damien, but the heretic stops him and goes, "No, you can't do that." And then uh, we find out that Batman had been kidnapped by Talia Al Ghul, 
Because apparently she just got tired of waiting for him to be like, yeah, I'll be with you. So she was brainwashing the living shit out of Batman with the Mad Hatter, um, Edward Teach. Is that his name? Is it Edward Teach? Uh, Jarvis Teach. Edward Teach is um, Blackbeard. But uh, yeah, so he's brainwashing the living shit out of him. And the heretic's like, I want to go kidnap Damien. And Talia's like, no, don't do that. And then he doesn't listen. And he goes and kidnaps Damien. And it's revealed that the heretic is actually a clone of Damien. Um, that was uh, a program that Raish started with the League of Shadows. And this guy was the only one to survive. But he doesn't have, like, a soul. He doesn't have childhood memories. And so he's trying to rip them out of Damien's head. And then Talia shows up. And she's like, the fuck's going on? And the heretic's like, I want to I wanna love you like he does. Just let me have this. And she's like, oh, you poor thing. And then she kills him. And everybody's just like, well, what the fuck? And she's like, he was broken. Um, and this seems like so out of character for Talia. Like, it kind of comes out of nowhere that Talia would, would pull this. Like, because last time we saw her, she's just like, take care of our son, beloved. And now she's like, I see your father's influence in you, Damien. This is bullshit. And I was like, you, you chose this. Why are, you, why are you mad about this now? Why is this coming? I don't know. It's been like less than a year and you're throwing, you're throwing shade. I, didn't, I don't understand that at all. It's probably the most confusing part of this movie is Talia's sudden like shift um, into brainwashing and all this other stuff. And it's remarkably similar to uh, Incredibles 2 because Talia's plan is to brainwash world leaders on this fancy new vessel um, so that they will you know, become subservient or whatever. And I'm like, that's what Incredibles 2 did. Of course, this came out three years before Incredibles 2. So, you know, who copied who? Definitely not. I mean, Incredibles 2 copied, copied this movie. I mean, that's, that's just how that went. Order of operations. Um, But gosh, what else happens? They eventually find Batman. Brainwashed as fuck. Uh, but they do save Batman uh, with the assistance of Batwoman and Batwing. Which is basically just Iron Batman. Like, Iron Man Batman. Um, and they defeat Talia. And Talia's like, you'll never love me. And she runs away. And then she presumably dies at the hand of Onyx. Who was, like, the heretic's buddy. Uh, and was super pissed that the heretic got offed. Um, and Damien's a little bummed out that his mom's dead. Uh, presumably. And then the movie ends with uh, the bat signal being lit. And... Batman and Robin and Nightwing and Batwoman and Batwing all running to check it out. And then there's even a little shot of a Batgirl right there at the end because let's just get all the bats thrown in. Uh, why the fuck not? Let's see. Cast is the same as it has been for the other movies. Um, however, I am ashamed to admit that it took me till this one to realize that the actor who portrayed Alfred Pennyworth, James Garrett, is Avatar Roku from Avatar The Last Airbender. Which is just simply phenomenal. Oh, God. Sorry. The machines are making noises. Um, uh, let's see. Who else is it? Matthew Mercer is in here as the characters Hellhound and Chucky Soul. I did not pick out either of those characters. Um, Steve Bloom is here as Black Mask and Firefly. His voice is pretty iconic and recognizable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's decent. Um, Talia's sudden shift is a, is a big problem for me because that one doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. But... That's fine, I guess. I mean, they can't all be winners. Um, and yeah, I mean, outside of that, it's fine. I've said it a lot, but it is a serviceable Batman movie. 
Um, I enjoyed the characters of uh, Batwoman and Batwing. I think they're fun additions. Um, or they would be if they exist in any other movie. Uh, which I'd be willing to bet they probably don't. Not even the sequel to this film. I would be very surprised if either of those characters showed up in the next movie. Um, I guess we'll find out. It'd be kind of fun, but I really, really, really doubt it. I would be so... Well, maybe not surprised, but whatever. Um, for all that and more, this movie is going to cut right down the middle for a solid 5 out of 10. I haven't been really impressed with any of these films, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, perhaps I'm just hard to get along with, or perhaps these movies are just not very good. And I'm leaning more towards that, because, yeah. You know, if I'm perfectly honest with you, I was kind of dreading this one. 2016 Batman The Killing Joke. Because it is arguably one of the most famous individual Batman stories ever. Uh, Alan Moore, who is very prolific um, and has created many pieces of art that are, are widely considered to be very good and Batman the Killing Joke is one of them. Um, it is, depending on who you talk to, by and large, the, the accepted origin story of the Joker. Um, which, until now, we, we've, at least in, in media that has been consumed as part of this weird miniseries, uh, Joker's origins has been briefly touched on in, like, the Jack Nicholson movie, and that's kinda it. Um, however, this, if somebody were asked me where the Joker came from, this is it. This is, this is my, my version of the Joker. He's not some fucking, like, Mayan god of mischief or whatever fucking nonsense they pulled in the new 52 batman the killing joke is the origin of the joker now i've not read the original comic so we're not going to talk about the original story we're talking about the movie as an adaptation and i can't help but feel that this movie and you can sense the air quotes on this the movie is trying so hard to be faithful to the original source material that it kind of forgot to be a movie. Um, as a film, it's not good. Um, in my opinion. And everything I do here is in my opinion, so don't fucking jump down my throat on this. It is, um, to my knowledge, the only uh, Batman animated movie, or rather, the only Batman movie to be rated R. I don't know why it's rated R. But let's let's talk about it. This movie essentially comes at us in two parts. There is the first half hour of the movie, which is pretty Barbara Gordon-centric. And then there's the latter 45 minutes of the movie, which is more Batman-oriented. So let's talk about the first bit. So Barbara Gordon is being Batgirl. Uh, and she encounters this guy named Paris Franz, uh, who is like the nephew of a crime boss. And he wants to take over his uncle's organization. And he's this kind of, like, narcissistic asshole who develops this obsession for Batgirl, right? And Batgirl starts um, getting, like, uh, these messages from him. And he's being all creepy and gross about it. And Batman's like, you're off this case. You can't be trusted. Um, and she's like, well, fuck you. I can do what I want. Um, and she eventually uh, gets, like, let down a rabbit hole. And 
shit gets pretty awful. Uh, and Batman calls her off the case. Uh, and then there's the first of many problems I have with this movie. In which Batgirl and Batman fuck. Um, I don't like that. Uh, the, the fucking... Just, the, everything about that, I'm not a fan of. Um, like, if they're... You know, if they consent, that's that's their business, whatever. But I don't know. It it it, it comes out of nowhere. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, again, I haven't read the original shit. To the best of my knowledge, the the first like thirty minutes of this movie are unique to the movie and weren't in the original comic. I'm sure somebody can correct me on that. Um, it just it it comes off like they need to establish who Batgirl is in order for the events of this movie to like have an emotional impact. And I don't think that's the case. You probably could have done like a quick five minute little thing and then moved on. Um, also their representation of Batgirl, I believe is accurate to the original comic book in that it's not good. Batgirl in this, in this movie comes off kind of shitty. Um, and they're not likable at all, really. Um, and that's not how I know Batgirl, you know? So, I don't, I don't like her portrayal in this. I don't like the fact that she and Bruce fuck. Um, I mean, that's their business. It's just, it comes off so awful in this movie. Like, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, they're fighting one second, and then it's just like, oh, now it's sex? Okay. Gross. Why? 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 I mean, he's known her since she's like, since she was a child. And for all I know, in the case of this movie, she might still be a child. It's not made pr very clear. She seems to be of college age, but still not, not liking it. And then she turns in, she, she basically almost beats Paris France to death with her bare hands. Uh, cause he's a fuck. And she realizes that she almost went too far. Hands over the cape and cowl and retires as, as Batgirl. Um, and then that's, that's the end of part one. End of part one. Hooray. Why was it in the movie? So we could establish Batgirl. That's it. That's, that's all that first 30 minutes was trying to do. Do you know who Batgirl is? Well, good. You could skip the first 30 minutes of this movie. They did it to make the, the length fucking bigger. Woo. Anyway, uh, later Batman finds a murder scene from like three years ago with Bullock. And he goes to talk to Joker, and he's like, One of us is gonna kill the other one, Joker. I just wanna know, I tried at least once, to talk things through- Through- Sorry, I'm burping. Talk things through before I fucking murder you. And it turns out it's not Joker, and Joker got out. Um, and then it cuts to Barbara having dinner with her pappy. And she opens the door, and wouldn't you know, there's the Joker! And he shoots her in the stomach and breaks her spine and paralyzes her from the waist down. Um, and that's- like, the iconic moment from this whole story was the the paralyzation of Barbara Gordon. And apparently, people hated that, too. Um, which is fair, you know? Um, it, I don't know. To me, it, it strikes different uh, than Tim Drake getting tortured or Jason Todd getting offed. Um, this one felt feels a lot more exploitative of, of Barbara Gordon's character. And I don't know. It just, it just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't carry the, the same emotional weight. This one just feels grosser. Like, I don't know. 
They were like Barbara gets a raw fucking deal in this movie, and I can't help but feel like she got that raw deal because she's a woman, you know. Um, it just it just so doesn't sit right, and I don't like the way that this movie portrays it. Um, but she gets shot, and then um, Gordon gets kidnapped, and essentially what Joker tries to do is put him through. The, quote, one bad day. And we get to see Joker's one bad day where his wife and unborn son are killed in a household accident. And then he goes on a, like, a crime mission, a break-in, uh, where his accomplices are off by the police. And then Batman shows up and he falls in the acid and gets the skin dyed and then he becomes the Joker. Um, and he tries to get Gordon to go insane by... Showing him pictures of his daughter bleeding and naked and in pain. Or by singing him a dumb song about lunacy. Uh, and I hated that moment. The song was stupid and felt really weird and out of place. Yeah, it's just, it's not a coherent movie. You know, it's got elements of storytelling, but it's not like, it's not a film. You know, like the all the things that have come before it. Like the story was made to fit a movie, but for some reason this story does not adapt well. And there are shots that you know they're just like copy and pasted from the comic book. The movie got so tied up in being a faithful adaptation of the comic that it forgot how to be a functional movie. And it just kind of fizzles out at the end. Joker fails and he doesn't turn Gordon insane because, you know, it's going to take more than a shitty song and a bad carnival ride to turn somebody crazy. Um, And then Batman and Joker fight. And then there's a bit where Joker tries to shoot Batman, but it's a fake gun. He's like, God damn it. All right, just kick my ass. And Batman's like, no, not this time. I, I can help you, Joker. And then there's like a, that's probably the best bit of the whole movie was there was an actual human moment with the Joker who's like, no, it's too late for me. I can't be saved or whatever like it. And then he tells a joke and they both laugh and then Joker stops laughing, but Batman keeps laughing and that's how the movie ends. Oh, and then there's a mid credit scene where Barbara is now Oracle, which is what happens to her character. It's just not good. That's that's the thing. I don't know if the comic is worth reading. I honestly don't. I can tell you the movie isn't worth seeing. Like some like if all these other movies that have been perfectly serviceable, this one isn't a movie. It's three stories, almost anthology, like anthologically given. However the fuck you'd say it. And they they have almost nothing to do with each other. If it picked one, if it stuck to it, you know, like Joker's origin story is is fairly unique. The problem is, is that Joker's origin story is fairly simple and doesn't necessitate a feature length film. Joker trying to like drive Gordon crazy doesn't necessitate a film. Barbara Gordon not being bad girl anymore doesn't necessitate an entire film. All three of these things together, a film does not make. It, it it doesn't mesh it's just it's not even meh i honestly just don't like it it's it it nothing here for me nothing not kevin conroy being batman not mark hamill being the joker not tara strong being barbara gordon and a bad girl nothing here i thought was 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 good you know it's it is the joker's origin story which is great but I can tell you, I just told you the Joker's origin story. You know, the Joker... And also, it's a canon. It's it's one possible origin of the Joker. That's the problem with comic books. Is, is, it like, is it the definitive one? No. 
because of different universes and different, you know, all sorts of things. So it's just one of them. So it doesn't even matter. So, yeah, I don't know. I know it was very popular and it was highly anticipated. Um, and a lot of people think it's fine or whatever. I'm just not one of them. Like, it's four out of ten. Four out of ten for the killing joke. I just am, I'm good. I'm good with this. I never need to see this again. It's, it just so doesn't sit well with me. And there's a difference between like, Tim Drake getting tortured doesn't sit well with me, but it's done well. Like that level, like you feel that it's rough, like internally. I did not feel like these things were, were hard, you know, like, I didn't have that gut going like, Jesus, this is a whole other level of fucked up. It's just not delivered very well. And if it is faithful to the comic book, which is what a lot of reviewers say, it's like the latter half of this movie is very faithful to the original. Well, then the original comic book doesn't sound very good to me. It sounds pretty shitty. So, yeah, I'm just like, I'm good. I'm good. I see what you're trying to do. I can appreciate it on some level, but... It just doesn't land with me, and therefore I can't recommend you watch Batman the Killing Joke. There, I would recommend, like, everything else before you watch Batman the Killing Joke. It's just not very good. You know, I, I, I'm wrong a lot, um, just in life. And, uh, I don't think I've, I've been prouder of being wrong to today, we'll say, um, than I was when I said I didn't think a, a movie was going to be on this list that I would consider to be perfect. And uh, you know what? I think for me and where I'm sitting, the Lego Batman movie might be it. It might it might be the one. I think I'll, I'll determine its rating at the end of me talking about it, but I mean, I mean, when you satirize something, right? The best forms of satire are the ones that not only rip the original source material to pieces, but do an excellent job of representing the original source material. And while this movie is incredibly funny and lamb blasts Batman's total lineage it still tells a really fucking good Batman story and it's a Batman story that is original to the movies no other Batman movie is really quite like this like there's been elements of it like Batman with Damien basically it's all about finding family you know family is the friends you make along the way that sort of thing um which absolutely has been done in media before i mean that's not an original story in and of itself but slapping the batman logo on top of it i thought was refreshing um a, a big part of batman's lore is the development of the bat family right barbara gordon uh, all the robins you know selena kyle that's a big part of it but while it has been aspects of movies we've seen it has not been the focus of the film um yet this one is and this movie also focuses on the 
interpersonal relationship Batman has with his villains, primarily the Joker. Um, I know that has been part of, of Batman lore for a very long time. And that one has been dealt with in media before. This this relationship between Joker and Batman, um, as uh, Dark Knight put it, it's like, this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. I think you and I are destined to do this together. And even in Killing Joke, like, it's it's an incredibly fascinating relationship. One won't kill the other, and the other can't kill the other. Like, you know, they are just diametrically opposed, yet because neither of them will kill the other, they are just destined to do it forever. Um, and it is this weird cycle of, of confusion and stuff like that. Um, but I, I appreciate those things because, um, anytime a movie comes at you with a universal, um, experience like family, um, it, it is, uh, it, it can be appreciated because whether you have one or not, everybody knows about families. You know what I mean? Like you, you either know the sting of a lack of one or, you know, the, the love of. Uh, uh, a present one, I guess. Um, it's still it's still part of the story, and it is part of this story. You know, Batman doesn't really have a family, and he treats Alfred like shit. Um, also, quick side note before I forget, Alfred in this movie is voiced voiced by Ralph Fiennes, um, and Lord Voldemort is a character in this movie. Yet, for some baffling reason, Lord Voldemort is voiced by Eddie Izzard. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Eddie Izzard. They do a phenomenal job as Lord Voldemort. I just can't wrap my head around why you would have the original actor who played Voldemort in your movie as another character and not just have them pay double duty and be Voldemort again. I don't have a good reason for that. Unless you really wanted Eddie Izzard in your movie, which could be the case. But if that's the case, why not just switch him? Have Eddie Izzard be Alfred Pennyworth and have Ralph Fiennes be Voldemort. It baffles, it boggles my mind. I've never wanted to email a casting agent more than to ask them why they did this. Because it makes no sense to me why this happened to the way it did. Um, but let's talk about the plot of the movie. Batman's out there kicking ass, being fucking dope ass Batman like we all know and love. Um, and he saves Gotham City from being blown up by a bomb. And that's when Batman tells the Joker, he's like, I don't care about you. You're nothing. Oh, Batman's also played by Will Arnett. It's a wonderful performance. I'm not gonna... Nobody in this movie does a bad job acting. It's it's all phenomenal. It is also my all-time favorite Michael Sarah role. Like, I... I can't really say I've enjoyed them in other movies I've seen and before you ask no I haven't seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world I know it's like fucking sacrilege but I haven't seen it yet um I've seen super bad and I do enjoy them in that but they they put forth a performance that I thought was great there's a great line that uh because he plays Dick Grayson uh there's a great line he has when he first goes to Wayne Manor um and he sees uh uh Bruce's picture with his parents and he goes a family photo i've always wanted one of those and it's so quick and like subtle that it's like it's such a gut punch because you're just like oh fuck ah oh, orphan oh no um this movie also did 
make make me well up. And no other Batman movie has done that. Not even close. I've never come close to crying at a Batman movie, but Lego Batman movie did it. So that's it's pretty good. Um, and uh, Gordon's retiring, um, so he, he, they introduce uh, Barbara Gordon to be the new chief commi- uh, police commissioner. Chief commissioner, police commissioner. Um, and that's when we get hit with the the first really good song of the soundtrack, which is "I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight." Must have been something you said. I just died in your arms tonight. I'm a sucker for fucking awesome shit like that. So, yeah. And then he adopts Dick and all that stuff. And Joker and all of the criminals of Gotham surrender. And Batman just doesn't know what to do with himself. And so he decides to send Joker to the Phantom Zone. So they break into uh, the Fortress of Solitude. Hijinks ensue. Sends Joker to the Phantom Zone. Joker uh, then releases the following villains. General Zod, King Kong, the Gremlins, the Wicked Witch of the West, and all of her fucking flying monkeys, Lord Voldemort, Sauron from Lord of the Rings, the Skeletons from Jason and the Argonauts, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor from Jurassic Park, the Shark from Jaws, the Daleks, uh, fucking Count Dracula, the Mummy and Swamp Creature, the Kraken from Clash of the Titans, Medusa, and Agent Smith and his clones from the Matrix movies. And which is fun, and there's full of uh, fun little moments and comedic things, and blah 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 blah. blah. You know, it's just a bunch of guys, and then you know they the Batman teams up with Robin and Barbara and Alfred to fight them, uh, and it goes great for a little while, and then Batman sends them away because he's like, I gotta protect him, and then he gets sent to the Phantom Zone, and the Phantom Zone's like, Well, you're not a good person, but you're not a technical bad guy. And Batman's like, you gotta let me go save my family. And Phantom Zone's like, ah, no. And he's like, I'll do it. And he's like, fine. Uh, and then he goes and saves the world uh, with the help of all of the, the Gotham villains. Uh, and they defeat the Joker and all of his plans. But the bomb still goes off. And Gotham just splits right down the middle. And how do they fix it? They all connect foot to head uh, and crunch their incredible abs to bring the city back together. So what do we got here? We have a couple. We got a couple of things that have been checked off the the great movie list. Number one, almost made me cry. Number two, they solved the problem with ab crunches. Number three, it used my all time favorite Michael Jackson song as the fucking theme of the entire movie. Man in the Mirror is my favorite Michael Jackson song. And that that's the theme of the whole thing. In fact, you can hear Man in the Mirror at least twice in two distinct versions. There's a bit early on when it's like the fucking retiring uh, ceremony for Gordon where uh, it's like a kind of like a smooth jazz ballad version. And then, of course, at the end of the movie, um, they, they sing it again. But... Yeah, take a look at yourself and then make a change, you know. You gotta get it right. You got to blow your mind. You can't... I don't know. I'm gonna sing the whole fucking song. I love that song. I absolutely love it. So it's almost like this movie is fucking made for me. And so it feels a little cheap to say it's perfect. But it hits so many fucking notes of shit I enjoy. You know, it, it fucking... 
satirizes Batman, which it absolutely fucking needed. It tells an amazing story on top of that. It's funny. The music is good. The animation, of course, is incredible because it's a Lego movie, which always look really good. And, I mean, I may have already said it, but Lego knows how to tell jokes. Shit that... It's just part of it. And they don't really point it out. Like how every time anybody fires a gun in this movie, you hear pew, 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 pew. It's that sort of classic shit. I mean, that's just objectively funny. I don't care who you are. So, yes. At the end of the day, with amazing performances from Will Arnett, Zach Galifianakis, Michael Sarah, Rosario Darson, Ralph Fiennes, along with dozens of others, including Mariah Carey, Brent Musburger, Channing Tatum, Billy D. Williams, Zoe Kravitz, which is funny because Zoe Kravitz played Catwoman in this movie, and they are also going to play Catwoman in the next live-action form of Batman with Robert Pattinson. So, not often where you voice a character and then you get to play them live-action-wise. Um, I can only think of one other example, and that was Star Wars Clone Wars. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and Sauron from Lord of the Rings and the Wicked Witch of the West were both voiced by Jermaine Clement from, uh, Flight of the Conquerors. So isn't that fun? Um, yeah, it's... It's really good. I, you know, when I started this, this, uh, list, this Batman marathon, Lego Batman wasn't on HBO Max, and I was so bummed. Because I remember enjoying that movie so much when it first came out in theaters. Um, and I am so fucking happy that it is on the, it's on there now, so I could watch it for this list, and proudly state that against my judgment, and out of nowhere, a perfect Batman movie does exist, and it's called the Lego Batman movie, and it gets the fucking going up cast stamp of approval, 10 out of 10. For the Lego Batman movie. Almost made me cry. Used my favorite Michael Jackson song. And god damn it. That's some funny. Fucking shit. People are now going to. Dismiss my entire ranking system. For Batman movies. Because everything else up until this point. Has either been meh. Bad. Or Christopher Nolan movies. Honestly. Like. Lego Batman. And the fucking three Nolan movies, that's basically it. I've yet to see anything outside of Lego Batman that was animated for Batman that is, like, worth watching. Because they're all pretty forgettable, and they're all pretty meh. But who knows? We've got a couple more left on this list. Maybe the next one will surprise me. We go from the mightiest highs to the lowest lows back to back in 2017's Batman and Harley Quinn. The first Batman movie I noped right out of and didn't finish. Um, and therefore I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's not good at all. Um, it's easily the worst one I've seen so far. Animation wise, it's not great. Kevin Conroy is there, but that's... Definitely not enough to save this movie. Um, what what does it for me are... is Well, mostly it's the portrayal of Harley Quinn. Um, who is... I, I don't want to disparage the actors. I'm sure they did the best they could. But between her and Nightwing both having an incredible nasality to their vocal performances. 
It makes watching a, a very significant part of this movie um, just sound like this. Just back. I'm Harley Quinn. I'm Nightwing. Yeah. And I'm not here for it. Like, I know more about Quinn. Or at least I, I've experienced... Because the TV show and her, that portrayal of Harley Quinn is just so fucking good. That to have Quinn be reduced like this is just so offensive to the character. Um, it also comes off... This movie comes off as incredibly juvenile. Um, there is uh, an unnecessary amount of exploitative framing for Quinn... Including a upskirt shot that lasts for a significant amount of time. She and Nightwing fuck for no reason. Um, and then the bit that caused me to shut it off was Quinn saying sh sh to pull the Batmobile over because she needed to go to the bathroom. And then they don't. And then she just, you know, rips one in the car. And that's what I mean by juvenile. It's the first Batman movie with, like, fucking poop humor. And uh, you know what? I'm I'm good. I'm not wasting an hour and 14 minutes of my life watching that. Um, I think I made it about 20 minutes in before I finally gave up. And I'm here to tell you that 0 out of 10, just don't even think about it. Just skip it. There are so many like mediocre to good Batman movies that you absolutely do not need to experience that one. Just skip it entirely. You're totally fine. You miss nothing. 2018's Batman Gotham by Gaslight is real fucking cool. Uh, I'll be honest, this was one of the movies that made me want to do this fucking marathon. Uh, because I thought it was a neat idea. And what it is, it is a... Turn-of-the-century Victorian London-style version of Gotham uh, with Batman hunting down Jack the Ripper. It is a period piece uh, through and through, showcasing some of uh, Batman's rogues gallery of villains in this Victorian style, including uh, Poison Ivy, Harvey Dent, uh, Selina Kyle, Gordon, Harvey Bullock, you know, all the classics. Um... And it's, it's pretty cool. It's also a, a sort of a whodunit sort of mystery. I mean, obviously, it was Jack the Ripper. But IDing the identity of Jack the Ripper, at least as far as this movie is concerned, is a bit of a mystery. And I know the movie came out a couple of years ago, and I'm probably fine in spoiling it. I'm not going to. Um, I will just say that I enjoyed the surprise um, and their characterization of this movie. While unusual for that character... I felt made sense for this, um, and I, I enjoyed it. So, there you go. Uh, I, I also arrived at conclusion by watching this. I think Bruce Greenwood, who plays Batman in this movie and a few others, might be my, my preferred Batman voice. Like, I've now heard several people play the Dark Knight. Um, and while earlier on I was all about Kevin Conroy because of this, the iconic nature of that... For me, Bruce Greenwood really does fit the bill really well. Um, and I, I love that version of Batman. And a big part of that influence is that I've, I've yet to finish Batman in the animated series, but I love the hell out of Young Justice. And Bruce Greenwood is that Batman. So 
you know, for me and the shows I've seen and enjoyed and kind of grew up on, Young Justice Batman, Bruce Greenwood Batman, might be my personal favorite Batman. Um, I love his natural gravelly voice. He has this commanding presence. And I think what makes his performance really good is that that's just how he naturally sounds. Um, so acting with that voice is a lot easier when you do a character voice. And you need to act with that voice. And you need to bring it into different places. Whether in anger or in sadness or whatever you're trying to do. It can be a challenge. It can be difficult. Uh, most of the time when people do a voice, they they have a, a static uh, level. Like they have, they have a zone where they can comfortably use that voice. Um... Like, hello, I am Kermit the Frog here, and um, I'm pretty much just in this mindset all the time. I've never really tried to do Kermit angry because that's just going to come out in terms of what I say rather than how I say it. Like, goddamn motherfucker piece of shit, you big fucker. You know, it, you don't feel the rage, you just hear the rage. It's, it's hard. To, to really provide a, a, a range of emotions in a voice. Um, and to Kevin Conroy's credit, his Bruce Wayne is basically just his default voice. Um, but, you know, it's it's that's why voice actors are so sought after. Because those that can provide the range to a unique voice like that is really good. Or you can just do what Bruce Greenwood does. Utilize your normal voice. That way you can just have that range because... That's just how it sounds. Like, when I'm angry, you know, it's just my normal voice, but angry. Anyway. Um, this is also uh, uh, one of the few movies that does have uh, Bruce and Selina getting together. And, you know, that's that's like my preferred Batman ship is Bruce and Selina. So, A-plus on that as well. Um... I mean, without spoiling who Jack the Ripper is, there really isn't much else to talk about. It's just a fun period piece. Um, and I, I like how they kind of, uh, how they designed, uh, you know, t Victorian London Batman. Um, even though it's not in London, it's New York. So, turn of the century Batman, I should say. Um, I, I liked the, the world building. I thought it was all, I thought it was all really good. Um, and Jack the Ripper is... Uh, as a fun villain to throw up against Batman and the subtle inclusions of Houdini and uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle into this lore is also pretty fun, implying some of the people who Batman trained with. And they also touch a little bit on how he learned to fight. Uh, and it seems to imply that Batman's like, did like some trapeze work, you know, to get the gymnastics and stuff like that. And, like some bare knuckle boxing in order to get the fight stuff. And I'm like, I love how they built in his abilities like in universe. Cause it doesn't make as much sense at, you know, in the 1900s for Batman to have traveled across the globe to study with ninjas. Um, I mean, it makes a little, I mean, it still doesn't make sense in modern day, but at least there's planes and stuff, you know, to around the world in 80 days to go to the fucking league of uh, shadows or whatever. It makes a lot less sense. Um, but no, I thought, I thought it was really good. And the, yeah, uh, end of the day, I'd give this movie eight out of 10. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Solid, solid film. 
Uh, looks like we have one, um, two, three movies left. So let's keep on trucking. Looks like this will be the last episode, too. The other Batman movie I wanted to watch when I started this marathon was 2018's Batman Ninja, which is a Japanese Batman movie, um, wholly made over in Japan. Uh, and then it was dubbed and apparently completely rewritten for the English release. So if you're curious, apparently the Japanese version of this movie is completely different. I don't see how. Um, quite frankly, as far as the story is concerned, because I'm sure the animation is the same, it's just the words are different, but, you know, I suppose with the power of words, you can make it whatever you wanted. Uh, just real quick, going down the cast here, we've got Roger Craig Smith being Bruce Wayne Batman, and I'm pretty sure they are the voice of Batman in Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, Tony Hale provides the voice for the Joker, um, who is, uh, fairly prolific in his own right. Uh, Gray Griffin, or Gray Delise, depending on um, what you're watching, was Catwoman, Tara Strong was Harley Quinn, Fred Tatashore was Gorilla Grodd, and Deathstroke, Yuri Lowenthal was there, Eric Bowser was there, Tom Kenny was there, uh, and that's about it. Um, there's a couple other people, but I'm not as familiar with them. Oh, Will Friedle was there, uh, best known for playing Cash on uh, Critical Role Season 1 of, uh, of Vox Machina. And that's it. Definitely not Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond or anything like that. Anyway, Gorilla Grodd shows up, and he's the—he's one of the villains uh, for this. And he is basically trying to send all of the villains um, of Gotham away so he could take over Gotham City. But then Batman gets involved, and they end up traveling back to feudal Japan, where Batman shows up two years after everybody else because of reasons. And all of the villains of Gotham have established themselves as warlords, in feuding Japan, um, and then they basically just fight. That's kind of the whole fucking thing. Obviously, Batman wants to get back to um, back to his his you know his time. Uh, also, this is the first time where we have Nightwing, Robin, Red Hood, and Red Robin. So we have the four. We've got Dick, Damian, Jason, and Tim. All in this movie. So that's kind of fun. It's the first one. you think all four of them would be in the same movie at least at one point, but nope. I believe the most we ever get is two. Like Nightwing and Robin. That's it. I'm, like That's that's kind of your lot. Or maybe like Nightwing and Jason or something like that. Because, you know, but yeah. All four is, is interesting. Hell, in the last movie, we only had three. In um, Gotham by Gaslight. It was uh, Tim, Jason, and Dick. Um, and that was it, because Damien wasn't there. Because uh, in order for there to be Damien, uh, there needs to be a Talia Al Ghul. And without her, can't have the Damien. So that's kind of how that works out. Uh, the animation for this movie is a combination of 3D CGI and 2D traditional anime style artistry. Basically, everybody besides like a main... Batman character is 2D animated. Um, the, all the Batman characters are 3D animated, which I thought was a, a really cool stylistic choice. Um, yeah, honest to God, outside of that, you know, they they go up against 
the Joker. There's a lot of big, giant, dumb robots. There's a lot of giant bat hybrid assembly creatures. Um, there's some weird mythos, but it's it's just kind of like a big action set piece of a movie. Not a whole lot in terms of plot. Just fight sequence after fight sequence after fight sequence, all culminating with a katana sword fight between Joker and Batman on the top of a giant exploding castle. Which, if that sounds interesting to you, then, oh boy, is this the movie for you. It's not a bad movie, um, by any means. I, I applaud its uniqueness, um, especially with the Batman IP. Actually, that should be stated. It is not unique as far as anime goes. In fact, I would classify this as pretty bog-standard anime. A lot of action. Um, the, the escalation of the level of things that are fighting is pretty anime. It looks anime as fuck. The only thing that separates this from, like, anything else anime is the fact that it's Batman. That's it. Like, just, just like Lego Batman story wasn't unique as far as movies are concerned and overall story structure, this movie is also not unique in terms of that. You, you will have seen this plot before. You will have seen this sort of thing before if you're familiar with anime. Even a little bit. It's still good, you know, just like Lego Batman. Just because it's been done before doesn't mean it isn't good when it's done again. You know, we've talked about story archetypes a lot in this podcast. Um, and this is absolutely one of them. You know, fish out of water wants to get back to their own time, but are prevented by forces of evil. Overcome evil, get back to your own time. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. When it's all said and done, the movie is quite entertaining. Beautifully animated. Um, the music felt awfully familiar to the point where I'm like, I think they just ripped off a song, but I wasn't paying enough attention to be able to ID what song that was. So I'm going to let that slide. End of the day, Batman Ninja, which, despite how neat I thought this movie was, is an objectively bad name for a movie. It's just called Batman Ninja. Not Ninja Batman, which is more accurate. It's Batman Ninja. Okay, well, I mean, that's fine. 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 for Batman Ninja. That's how I feel about it. Let's move on to the penultimate Batman movie. Hush, hush. Call my word long, my name now. Hush, hush. 2019's Batman Hush. A relatively new villain that came into uh, creation with the new 52 reboot a handful of years back, just like the Court of Owls from um, that movie about the Court of Owls. I can't even remember now. They all blur together. Um, This one's pretty good. Honestly, um, in terms of like raw Batman movies, this one might be my, like, my, my favorite in terms of, you know, like... Lego Batman is not a normal Batman movie. Um, So this one I would consider to be like the best example of what these animated movies are trying to accomplish. This one I think does it the best. Um, That may be because Catwoman is a very significant character in this movie and I'm a sucker for Selina and Bruce. Um, And that's pretty much what this whole movie is, uh, is Selina and Bruce. So, fuck yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the movie. So, um... 
Uh, child's kidnapped by Bane, the held for ransom. Batman saves him. And then um, Lady Shiva shows up from the League of Whatevers. And they're like, someone broke into our Lazarus pit. And Batman's like, why should I care? And they're like, well, could you look into it maybe, kind of? And Batman's like, sure, I'll get around to it. But he, he fucking doesn't until it, like, comes up again narratively, conveniently, like, 80 fucking percent of the movie later. Um, so that just gets dropped. Uh, and then um, as he uh, is talking with the cops, uh, the ransom money was stolen, and he looks up and his fucking Catwoman. And he's like, God damn it. And he chases after Catwoman, and he's, like, swinging from building to building. And then a fucking sniper shows up and shoots his, his grapple rope while he's grappling and Batman plummets like 50 stories and smashes into the pavement and cracks his skull open. And that, and then it goes into the title screen. And so like that fucking intro is just like, holy shit. Um, and Catwoman's like, no, um, it was fucking, oh, it's so good. Uh, just watch it. Cause you hear the, like the crack just like fucking right into the pavement. Oh, fucking. And then he, uh, goes to the hospital. Um, and there's this adorable scene where Nightwing and Alfred are being like talking to Batgirl and being like, all right, we need you to take this motorcycle and drive it down this road and crash it in a tree around 45 miles an hour. Um, and she's like, it's disturbing that you guys have a plan for how to injure Bruce Wayne. So it's understandable why he needs to go to the hospital and his old childhood friend who grew up to be a doctor, Thomas Elliott's there and he heals him up real good. Um, and in the original comic book Thomas Elliot is the titular hush um not in this movie which I appreciated um like they in in the in the original run they brought back Thomas Elliot and he used like plastic surgery to like become Bruce Wayne um and so on and so forth um at least in in that rendition and stuff I'm actually now flashing back and realizing that hush may be an older um character than I originally stated because I think there's an episode of the original animated series that follows um, this storyline. I'm now looking for the fucking um, uh, there it is. Hush. Hush. When were you introduced, Hush? 2003. Would that have been were you in the animated series, or am I crazy? Uh, oh, I might be thinking of Clayface. I'm thinking of Clayface. It was Clayface. It was Clayface. It was Clayface. It was Clayface. Clayface, Clayface, Clayface. All right. That's who it was. That's what I'm thinking of. Clayface disguised themselves as Bruce Wayne. It was Clayface. Guys, it wasn't Hush. It was Clayface. Anyway. Um, where the fuck was I? Uh, then there's some nonsense with Poison Ivy. Um, mind controlling people as she does. Uh, she even mind controls Superman who shows up for a, a little bit and he and Batman fight for like maybe a minute. Um, and Batman push has Catwoman push Lois Lane off the fucking roof of a building to snap him out of the mind control, which does work. Um, and then, uh, blah, 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 blah. Other stuff happens. Um, then, uh, Quinn attacks Bruce at an opera. Um, and his buddy, he's there with Catwoman on a date. And his buddy, um, Thomas, from when he was a kid. Uh, stuff happens. Um, he saves Catwoman. Uh, chases after Harley Quinn. Finds Joker sitting outside the theater, standing on top of Thomas Elliot's dead body. Batman proceeds to beat the 
living shit out of Joker, who spends most of that fight going like, Batman, stop. Batman, it wasn't me. Dish, dish, dish. Batman, I swear to God, I didn't kill your buddy. Um, uh, and eventually almost killing the Joker by choking him out before Gordon's like, don't make me do this. Don't, not for him. Uh, and then he lets the Joker live and then Joker goes, all right, back to business. So who's Robin nowadays? And then Gordon punches him. This one, this movie's also really funny. Um, which, which I appreciated. It is the fourth, I should have mentioned this earlier. It's the fourth Damian Wayne movie. Damian is there for like 30 seconds, but then he just goes away. Um, and he's there to like basically give Batman a bunch of advice. Be like, wear protection, cover your drink, you know, going on a date with a, with an ex-villain. Um, and then, uh, Batman, uh, hunts down Hush in like a warehouse and Hush goes like, I'm going to kill everyone you love. Um, and Batman figures out that Hush knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And so in order to protect the people he loves, um, he goes to Selena's house and reveals that he is Batman, uh, in which Selena is very into it. And they start being a crime fighting couple. And there's a great montage of them just kicking ass all over Gotham. Um, and they seem really happy and everybody's really happy for him and it's phenomenal. Um, and then Batman goes to look into a break-in at the doctor's lab while Catwoman and Nightwing go off to the graveyard to study a break-in. Uh, turns out a scarecrow, um, Nightwing gets drugged, uh, but then is get like saved by the, uh, Batmobile and Catwoman then gets kidnapped by Hush. At the same time, Batman figures out that the Riddler is dying of a brain tumor and he was the one that broke into the Lazarus pit to try to fix it. Goes to Arkham to confront the Riddler. Turns out it's not the Riddler, it's Clayface. Joker tells him more amazing jokes that I actually really enjoyed. Um, and then he, Batman goes after Riddler. Um, and there's this great scene of like how Riddler is explaining how Batman's going to find out where he is. Um, and I thought he was going to do all of those things and then just be like, and then I'm actually in this other warehouse. You know, I thought that's what it was building up to. Like, if he knew how fucking... I mean, that's probably the point, right? He knows exactly how Batman's going to find him because Riddler's also pretty smart. Um, and the only reason he let Batman find him is that he wanted to get caught. He wanted Batman to find him. That's the only explanation. Because if he wanted to get away with actually just killing Catwoman and continuing the game, he would have done all of the legwork to make that happen and then just taking Catwoman literally anywhere else and Batman never would have found him. Like, that's, that's the thing. If you can accurately predict, which he did, exactly how Batman's going to track his ass down, he he would never... Batman could never defeat him. Because he could do that. But he doesn't, instead. He gets his ass kicked, and um, uh, Catwoman basically saves herself, and uh, the two of them team up and kick the shit out of Riddler, um, who was hushed the entire time, by the way, in case you, in case you weren't paying attention. Um, and... Batman tries to save Riddler from falling into, like, a big pit of fire. And the building's exploding around them. And Catwoman makes the hard call and cuts the line holding Riddler up. And Riddler dies. So Batman and Catwoman can escape. And Batman goes, he could have been saved. I had to try. And then Catwoman goes, you feel sorry for him? After he tried to kill me and you and Nightwing? And you're never going to give up this moral code. And then she leaves. And I get what they were going for. I honestly do. But they don't... They didn't do it right. Or they didn't do it well enough. So, all Batman says after Riddler goes... Is like, he could have been saved and I had to try. 
he didn't accuse Catwoman of killing him or anything like that. He wasn't even mad. He was just kind of like, ah, fuck. That sucks. Oh, well. You know, can't save them all. He, like, he was seconds away from being like that. But then Catwoman's like, you're never going to change, are you? You and your damn moral code. And I'm like, he wasn't even approaching that. He just said he had to try to save him. And he did try. If that's your moral code, that you try to save everybody, as long as you're not actively killing them, then you're fine. But because Catwoman and Batman can't be together, except in fucking Dark Knight Rises, it's the only fucking movie where they end up together. It's the only one. I've seen them all now. There's one left, and Catwoman's not in it, to the best of my knowledge. There's the only one. So this was like this was the fucking one, you know? I was so sad. I was so ready for those two to just be together. But nope. Fuck me. That doesn't happen. And they just end with like the maybe someday. Or maybe if Bruce didn't have a fucking stick up his ass. I could have said more than Selena I. And that's it fucking horse shit so not a fan of the ending but it's, it's part of the story fuck that give him a happy goddamn ending for once he gets one happy ending and it's in dark knight rises Ugh. let's see cast anything interesting um apparently rebecca romaine was um lois lane that seems peculiar um Tara Strong, Hyden Walsh was Harley Quinn, which was very nice to hear after um, the fucking swill I had to put up with Harley and Batman and Harley. That was, that was atrocious. Um, overall, it's still a very good movie. I have my own issues with the ending, but I will fully recognize that they are kind of personal issues because of how much I love Selena and Bruce as just like a couple. Um, and I was so happy to see them finally get together, but nope, fuck me. So... Outside of that, it's still, in my opinion, the best, like, solo Batman animated Batman story. Like, as a really consistent plot, you see a lot of heavy hitters when it comes to, like, the rogues gallery. It's got some legitimately good jokes. It's got some awesome fight scenes. It's it's well-written. It's well-animated. It's well-voice-acted. I will say that Catwoman was performed by Jennifer Morrison, um, who I absolutely adore because I loved Once Upon a Time, and they play Emma Swan in Once Upon a Time. Um, they were also in House for a significant number of years, but fucking Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time is like my fucking go-to. This show is cheesy as fuck. This show is... It's just like a warm blanket of, Oh no! What's gonna happen next? Look, it's the dwarves from Snow White! Yeah, like, it's just so fucking... It's pretty dumb what that show is like all about um i'm not sure i ever actually finished it um i never watched season seven let me put it that way um but i don't know if i ever finished season six uh to be perfectly honest with you all um nobody cares nobody cares that i didn't but maybe i'll go back maybe i'll watch it again it's a fun one speaking of fun so is this movie nine out of ten only gets a if it fucking stuck the landing it'd be perfect but they didn't um so that's where my that's where my personal bias comes in it it is not perfect 
because of the fucking ending. But outside of that, this is everything I could possibly hope for from a Batman animated movie. And right here at the end of it, I got one left. I'm really glad they figured their shit out before this shit was over. Because this next movie is a weird one. And finally, the last, air quotes, Batman movie on HBO Max is 2020's Batman Death in the Family. Which, if you get your hands on the DVD version of this film, it's a Batman movie. It's a choose-your-own-adventure Batman movie, but it's a Batman movie. And it's basically a whole fucking bunch of what-ifs if uh, fucking Jason doesn't get offed in Under the Red Hood. So, that's, that's what the interactive movie is. However, that is not what is on HBO Max. The thing on HBO Max is the like the first 35 minutes of the interactive movie Death in the Family of basically Batman recapping Under the Red Hood to Superman. That's basically all there is to it. However, this movie is an hour and a half long, so I know what you're all thinking. What the fuck is the rest of it if it isn't the Choose Your Own Adventure stuff? It is four other short films that have absolutely nothing to do with Batman called The DC Showcase which consists of several other short films beyond just these four. However, these are the four that are in this special for some reason. I didn't know that going in. However, since I watched them, I'm going to talk about them. Again, they have nothing to do with Batman, but they're in a Batman movie. So here we go. The first of the four other short films. Um, also, the first short film is nonsense. Just watch Under the Red Hood, which is... A good movie, um, but that short film just serves no purpose. The first one is called Sergeant Rock, um, who is apparently some character. Um, and he's this uh, sergeant in World War II. Um, his whole uh, commando or whatever squadron gets killed by a bunch of Nazis. Uh, and then he's the only one that survives. And then his, uh, his uh, lieutenant there... Uh, sends him into capture Nazi scientists, um, but uh, he is given the creature commandos at his service, who are characters from DC Comics, uh, basically Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and Count Dracula is is pretty much um, who who help him. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. That's that's the whole short film. They go and kick Nazi ass with just a bunch of fucking like universal monsters from monster movies. Um, for some fucking unknowable reason, Carl Urban is the voice of Sergeant Rock and Keith Ferguson is the voice of Lieutenant Matthew Shreve. Um, I don't know why they felt the need to do this. Things 14 minutes long. It's pretty good. Um, it's also animated by... Um, I don't know what it was, but like... They, they outsourced the animation of that particular one to the same group that animates, um, like, Legend of Korra and Avatar. You can just tell in their facial expressions, like, you can't fool me. Anyway, uh, the next one is called Adam Strange, and it is about the character of the fucking same name, Adam Strange. Um, this one I have even less to talk about. I don't know anything about Adam Strange, but apparently he has this mystical Zeta tube that transports him from planet to planet when he, like, learns a lesson or something like that, like, fucking Quantum Leap. Um, and his his wife died on the planet, 
And then right as he's going to go look for his daughter, he gets ripped away and spends like 30 something years just being like super bummed uh, about missing his daughter. And then he gets like drunk a bunch. Um, and then a whole bunch of people get ripped apart by aliens. And then he saves like the people that are left. Um, and then he gets Zeta tombed away. Um, I will say that uh, this showcase, this collection of short films is rated R. And it's primarily due to the gore of this short film, the Adam Strange one. Uh, it's an unreasonable level of, of body horror violence um, that even had me going like, that's a bit much, that's a lot. So just keep that in mind before you watch the Adam Strange one. The last two are the best two out of the whole thing. Um, I, I really enjoyed this next one. It's called The Phantom Stranger. Uh, almost comes off as like a fucking episode of the Twilight Zone. It's about this group of young kids who are going to this guy named Seth's house. And I got huge smatterings of like the fucking um, Manson compound. Uh, you know, because that's what Charles Manson did, right? Is he was charismatic and he was, uh, he had this draw about him that caused kids who were looking for, looking for something else, looking for something extra, trying to find purpose and meaning in their miserable lives and he brought them into this compound and like just fucking brainwashed them basically into murdering for him and it was horrible but you get echoes of of that sort of relationship from these kids being like seth's the man you know he knows things he's been there man um and it turns out seth is some sort of like parasitic undead demon who sucks the souls out of or the life force out of these kids and the Phantom Stranger is there, um, who has this really cool voice, even though I don't recognize... Oh, okay. I recognize the actor now that I see his face, but I didn't recognize the actor um, based on his name. Peter Serafinowitz. Um, you've been... What's the, what's the most popular... I mean, I definitely know you. Apparently, he was the voice of Darth Maul in the first... Star Wars movie, which surprised me. I didn't know if Darth Maul had a voice. Um, oh, he's he's Daenerian um, Garthan Saul in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I know him from. That's funny. Uh, yeah, he, he yeah 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 just uh, he's the he's the guy in Guardians that goes like what a bunch of a holes like that guy. That's who that is. Anyway, yeah, he's the Phantom Stranger, and he it's almost like Doctor Fate. Um, style magic. I don't know anything about the Phantom Stranger, just like how I don't know anything about Adam Strange, and I didn't know anything about Sergeant Rock or the Creature Commandos. Um, but that one's pretty good. I like it because it's spooky, and there were jump scares and like stuff like that that never get explained. Like the the doorknob turns into an eyeball, and like that's not even one of Seth's powers. That just happens, and we don't know why. So that one's really weird. Um, but it's it's the second best one. The best one is the final one. And I'm only going to say a couple of things about it. One, it made me cry. Two, it's called Death. And three, it was based on a story. Um, it was based on characters from DC comic book Death. Written by Neil Gaiman and this guy named Mike uh, Durgenberg. But who, who was a co-writer on Sandman. So... That's all you need to know, really, in order to watch that one. Because, like, I didn't think it was Neil Gaiman or, or Mike Durgenberg, 
or whatever, however you pronounce his name, at all. But when I saw their names in the credits, I just went, oh, fucking course. It's a beautiful fucking story. And it made me cry. So it ends mwah, with an incredible short film. Like, that is one of my all-time favorite short films now. That one was that one was something else. Um, I kind of want to watch it again. So, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> at the end of all of this... At the at the end of all things, uh, this this weird Batman marathon ends with a compilation of short films that have absolutely nothing to do with Batman, except the last one is technically set in Gotham City. Um, so I guess it's time for the wrap up, which I'm just gonna hop right into. <sighs> Batman movies. Honest to God, most of them are meh. There 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 are too many in the the five to six score range for me to say overall the Batman movies are good they're not they're not good overall as as a as a grouping of movies they probably average out to like 5.5 like just above average um or just above like default borderline watchable movie one of them was terrible and unwatchable one of them was perfect a lot of them were meh and the only ones I would consider to be just, like, legitimately good movies outside of, like, Lego Batman, which I admit has a lot of my own personal biases in order to give it a perfect score. Like, Man in the Mirror and all that crap. I think I think Nolan really captured Batman well. Nolan and Hush. I think those are, those are the two that stick out in my head. Um, and specifically with Nolan, it's probably just those last two movies. Um... I incredible. I loved the camp of the early movies. Adam West Batman, it's classic. You know those weird movies from the '90s with Val Kilmer and George Clooney. A lot of fun in their own way because they were dumb. The movies got a lot less fun after that. They they weren't good. They weren't bad. They were just meh. They were they just rode right there in the middle. I mean. The best heights that the animated Batman movies ever achieved, outside of Lego Batman, which is an, an anomaly, all on its own, was Hush. I mean, Hush, Under the Red Hood, were were, were great. Um, even the Batman Beyond one, I thought, was really enjoyable, because of... I, I, I really just liked their, their portrayal. Um, but Killing Joke was... Fuck you, Killing Joke. Um... Uh, I guess Batman Dark Knight Returns was okay. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I won't discourage anyone from watching any of these except for Batman and Harley Quinn. Never watch that. Don't even watch it to see how bad it is. Just trust me. If you have if you have any trust in who who I am and what I've done, just leave it. It's just it's not worth it. It's not worth it for the 15 minutes for you to be confirmed that or confirm what I'm saying to you is true. Just drop it. Um, but outside of that, you're probably not going to have a terrible time with any of these movies. There are better things you can do with your time, which is something that many people have told me when I told them I was doing this marathon, that there were better things I could have been doing with my time. Um, but I'm glad it's over. And before you ask, no, I'm not going to watch the, all the fucking Superman movies. Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm going to be, I think I'm good. On, uh, on this for, for a minute. So, yeah. Thank you all very much for listening to me talk to you about Batman movies for four episodes. Um, just watch Lego Batman. Honest to God. It's 
it's really good. And it's it's the only one that I would watch again right the second. So there you go. And I will see you all in whatever happens next. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>